welcome to Let's Parent on Purpose. This is a podcast for parents who are looking to thrive and not just survive these parenting years. My name is Jay Holland, and I'll be bringing with me the successes and failures of the last 20 years of student ministry, parenting, and foster parenting as we trust Jesus to work out our mistakes along the way and produce helpful human beings that will be a blessing to society. All right. Hi, everybody. It's good to be back. And uh, just a couple things before we get started. First, I am using a new microphone. It is gigantic and intimidating to stare at, uh, but hopefully it helps pick up the volume a little bit better. If uh, you find your sounds a little different than what you've listened to in the past, hopefully it's better. If not, I would really appreciate some feedback so I can get this right and not blast your ears out. Uh, The other thing is I had a really fun experience recently, just uh, last week, in going to Alpine Bible Church in Lehigh, Utah, and doing a men's retreat with their men and some men from some other churches. So if we've picked up any listeners from Utah, uh, love you guys. It was great to be with you, and um, you guys are awesome. It was really, really fun. Thanks for having me out. Never got to shoot snowballs with a shotgun before in my life, so I can mark that off my list. So today, what I'd like to talk about is that dynamic and the struggle that we have as parents of uh, having control or trying to control our kids and at the same time trying to raise them to to make smart, wise choices together. And uh, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how if you've ever held jello in your hand and, and you think of that experience of that the tighter you hold jello, the uh, the messier it is. And I think sometimes that's the case in parenting is the, the more that we aim to control certain things, the, the tighter we squeeze, just the bigger mess that we have. And so um, biblically, if, if you're thinking uh, where are we coming from Bible-wise, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, there's a section where it talks about children, obey your parents in the Lord, this is right. It tells them to honor their father and mother. Um, but then by the time you get to verse 4, it also gives a charge to fathers. And I'm a father, and I'm pretty sure it's not just for fathers. They want mothers to do this as well. But specifically, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So that's a, a good charge for us today that as I guide my kids and want to grow them to make wise, helpful decisions, I don't want to exasperate them. And and I think sometimes the way that we go about uh, instructing and teaching them with choices ultimately ends up uh, giving some conflict and exasperation. And we're going to talk about how that happens today and maybe some some uh, strategies that we might have to, to just get a little better in that. So first off, uh, let me just give you some perspective. When I was in my early 20s, I went to India on a series of mission trips, and I've been a couple times since. And while there, I, I found this orphanage system. Um, it's, it's actually an organization called Hope Givers, and they are amazing. And, and my, my family has connected with them. Our church is connected with them. And uh, they have this vision of taking orphans from around India and raising them in the knowledge and love of Jesus. And then when they uh, grow up, they, they feed them, they clothe them, they educate them, they send them to college. And uh, when they graduate college, many of these kids are then going to the cities and slums and villages of India and becoming church planters. And not only are they becoming church planters, but they're opening up their own orphanages and taking in uh, new kids. And I've seen this happen to the third generation of, of orphans who were raised in an orphanage, grew up, started their own. Those kids have grown up and started their own. And so you got to think in a system like that, you, you can't just keep kids as kids until they graduate 
Bible college or graduate high school and then expect that they're going to competently run an orphanage. So what we found as we went is we went to this orphanage that was huge. It was, I mean, the need's just so big that they sometimes just have to have big orphanages. And so this was one where there were well over a thousand kids in, in this, in this, you would call it a compound. I mean, they had like 20 acres and a couple big buildings, but most of the rooms did not have an adult, like nearly, nearly all of the rooms did not have an adult living in them. And they would have like 20, 25 kids living there. And the 15-year-old orphans would be the room mothers or room fathers for a whole group of kids, uh, which is just astounding when I think of, you know, I have I have a 14-year-old who's an awesome girl, but to think of her being in charge of 20 children, of making sure that they get up in the morning and that they uh, say their prayers and they have a prayer time, I think, that starts at like 5 a.m. in the morning. And to think that, you know, she would help them get rest, get get dressed and all of them get fed and uh, overlook to, to make sure that they're properly being cared for medically and get them to the clinic if there's any signs of sickness and that they're doing their schoolwork and that they're keeping their rooms clean. It's just kind of overwhelming to think about. But it did give me some perspective when I came back to the States, uh, realizing, okay, we're in a totally different system. Uh, everything in our life is different. We have the same Jesus. We're, we're, we're both human beings. We're all human beings. But, but aside from that, things are very, very different. But it did give me this, this vision that I think we just expect way too little of our, of our kids sometimes, especially by their teenage years. And so today, what we're going to talk about is how hopefully in relaxing our grip as parents, we might get to the place where our kids actually make better decisions. And so a, a lot of my material that I'm going to talk about today is from a book that I've really enjoyed called Parenting Teens with Love and Logic by Foster Klein and Jim Fay. There's a, a general version called Parenting with Love and Logic, which is just kind of the general principles. But since I work in student ministry and have a, a, a teen myself. I've kind of been looking at that book lately. And uh, they talk about when it comes to choices, they they have this, this uh, graphic that they use called the V of love. And so I want you to just think about a V in your mind, or if you're driving along, maybe in the dust of your dashboard, just draw out a V. And, and the idea with the V is that you start at the very bottom. You start at birth at the very bottom of the V, and as a little child, you have basically no choices. And as you get a little bit older, you have a few more choices. And as you get a little bit older, you have a few more choices where, God willing, by the time you're late into high school, you're making most of the choices for your life. And what happens with that is then we don't have the scenario where our kids go away to college and all of a sudden have all of this newfound freedom because we've been giving them more and more freedom as they go along. Uh, and so the idea then is to slowly give them more choice as they go along so that it always feels like they're growing in responsibility. And, and in their writing on relaxing your grip, they, they quote psychologist Sylvia B. Rim, who's a PhD in, I think, child psychology. And she mentions this, and I thought it was really interesting. She said that people don't think of control in absolute terms, uh, but instead they relate control to what they've had previously. So uh, let's take an extreme example. North Korea doesn't realize that they are under totalitarian control 
because they've never, you know, maybe they do, but it's not as hard on them as it would be on us coming from the land of freedom where we have basically total individual choice in so many areas of our lives. Um, so they, you know, that's absolutely an extreme, but it gives you a good idea that those in North Korea don't realize how much control they're under. Um, whereas if we all of a sudden had half of the control put on us that th those communist regimes, those dictatorial regimes have, it would feel absolutely oppressive to us. Now, you think about this in terms of children and kids growing up. And, and I, what happens a lot of times is as kids are small, we give them a ton of choice because the choices don't really matter to us. So, you know, they get to pick all the clothes they wear. They get to pick, you know, the bicycles. They get to pick all the sports they do. Um, lots of choice on dinner. Um, you know, we're always, what do you want for dinner? Just a, kind of broad range choices, because truthfully, none of those choices seem really consequential. And individually, none of them are. But as the kids get older, as parents, our, our, our guard starts to come up in the realm of choices, because now once you start hitting, especially late elementary, and then middle school, and then especially high school, your choices really matter. And so what happens sometimes with kids is they've been given a tremendous amount of freedom uh, when they're younger, and now we start to tighten the reins as they get a little bit older, and this is where they buck. This is where the exasperation comes from, because instead of a V where, you know, from birth there's narrow choices and the, the walls of the V are, are close, and then as you get older they get wider, you know, you kind of have like a figure eight shape or something like that where the reins come in tighter because we as parents sometimes are just scared of the type of choices that our kids will make, you know, and some of that is very justified because they make very silly choices sometimes. You know, their brains are not fully formed until about 25 years old to really understand the consequences of a lot of their decision making. They can see it in a movie, they can see it in other people, but sometimes they don't see that it applies to them. So what do we do as parents knowing all of this and knowing that we want to equip our kids, uh, again, to thrive and uh, where we don't have to pull back the reins. So the idea then is as your kids are small, you need to give them choices and you need to give them legitimate choices, but but narrow those choices. And let me just throw out very simple examples. You know, as your kids are toddlers, you know, hey, do you want the red cup or do you want the blue cup? You know, and as they get a little older, do you want to play basketball or do you want to play soccer this year? You don't get to do both. You get to pick one. And so as they're little, they're, they're making choices. They're having to make decisions. When they make those decisions, that means you don't get to choose the other thing. You don't get everything. Um, but at the same time, we're kind of limiting the menu because, you know, just like when I go to a drive-thru of a new restaurant and, and there's so many choices. I get anxiety and, and exasperation. That can happen sometimes with our kids as well. So you're limiting the menu. You're giving them narrow choices. As they get a little bit older, you're broadening the choices some. And then as they, and then as they hit their high school years, they're really going to hopefully be making most of the decisions in their life. And you have kind of set yourself up as a consultant where you're helping them see both sides, but they're just going to make choices. And some of those choices, honestly, are going to be foolish. They're going to be bad. And they're the ones that are going to have to deal with it. So that's part of the idea with this is if you're giving them choices, let them stick with their choices and let them stick with the consequence of their choices. Um, you know, I'd like to think that I can control 
my daughter's friends. I'd like to think that I can control the music that she listens to, but I know that I can't. And the reason that I know that I can't is I remember being a teenager. Um, I remember being on uh, church mission trips, and this is awful, but I remember being on church mission trips where we were only allowed to listen to Christian music. And so I just brought a bunch of tapes and some of them had Christian and some of them were blank, but they were the music that I wanted to listen to. And I knew I could sneak. My heart wasn't there yet. Uh, and in the same way, I basically, you know, I picked the friends that I had. And fortunately, I made okay decisions and friends, but but my parents weren't going to pick my friends. And if they had really put their foot down hard on demanding my friends, um, I'm the kind of spirit that would have said yes right away, and then I would have bucked. But I, I basically, I, I pretty much had freedom to pick my friends. And fortunately, I had some bad examples that I got to see before me that really helped me stay away from the the worst people and the worst influences in my life. But again, I don't think that it's realistic as they get to those teenage years that you're really going to control their music, that you're going to control their friendships. You're certainly not going to control what they want to be in life. And you don't want that because again, if they're making their decisions based on is mom and dad going to be mad at me? Are they going to find out? Am I going to get caught? How big is the punishment going to be? Then that, that influence is going to go away real quick because they're going to be out of the house, out of school, and then they're going to go wild. So we want to grow them in responsibility. We want to grow them in choices slowly along the way. Now, this is easy to talk about, but it's hard to do because this means you really have to think through the type of choices you give your kid. And it really starts, the, the best people to be listening to this are young. They're little, uh, or at least their kids are little, because then you can really have some time to think through it and um, make wise decisions. And for some parents of younger kids, you know, listening to this, I would suggest maybe you need to tighten the reins a little bit so that you have the ability to continually loosen the reins as they get older. You want to consult with them. You want to let them feel the consequences of their decision, but they're going to have to make choices. So basically, as we're talking today, we want to make sure that we're not exasperating our kids because they have experienced a tremendous amount of freedom and now we're squeezing it back. We're dialing it back. Now I say that and realize that sometimes you just do have to tighten in those reins um, you, because things get a little wild. They show that they can't handle the responsibilities that they've had. So sometimes you do have to tighten those reins. But if you're thinking long-term and you're thinking strategically, some of this is kind of plotting out, well, at what age is my child wise enough to handle a phone? You know, at what age can my kid um, do their own laundry? Like that's that seems simple, but you're preparing them for adulthood and be like, look, you can you can uh, go as long as you want without washing your clothes, but you're going to stink and you're going to smell bad, and your kids are going to make your friends are going to make fun of you. So you're slowly adding choices, slowly adding responsibility, and in doing so, they're kind of getting their feet under the ground. So that by the time they're juniors and seniors, they're making good, wise, healthy decisions in your house. And then it's not this dramatic jump off a cliff once they step into the college age. Now, today we've talked about this, and it's mostly kind of been theory. I haven't given you a ton of practical examples, and some of that is because your kids are just all over the place. They're in different stages of life. But I would love to hear from you. What are some good examples that you've had of 
setting uh, proper boundaries for your kids, proper parameters? And what are some of the ones that you've realized, oh, I gave them too much choice early and now we're paying for it. I would just love some feedback to hear from that so that we can all learn along the way and, and share and grow. And just while we're on that topic, I would encourage you, if you have anything that you would love to hear discussed, if there's anything that's just particularly challenging um, with with your kids, then I'd love to hear about it. And uh, let's let's talk it through. And I'm glad to do the research on it. And, and, you know, part of my research is asking people. Part of it is getting a little more time as part of my job to read books and recommend certain resources to you. So you're going to have to do the homework. You're going to have to do the study. But if I can help point that way and narrow it down some, I am really happy to. And then finally, if this has been helpful to you, I would love for you to, uh, just as soon as this is over, share it with somebody else. Share, um, say, you know, this is a podcast or the the blog, letsparentonpurpose.com. This is something that's been helpful in my life, and uh, you can spread around the, the message and the joy. And I just think the bigger community of parents that we have that are intentionally parenting, the better we'll all do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode here and joining us on Let's Parent on Purpose. This has been a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. And if you live on the Treasure Coast and don't have a church home, we would invite you to come check us out on Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. in the morning. And if you don't live on the Treasure Coast, I don't know why not. It's beautiful out. Sunshine and the birds are singing, and I think there's a blizzard hitting the rest of the country. I want to remind you also, we have our blog at letsparentonpurpose.com. You can go there and check out kind of a written version of this that has more details if you're more of a visual learner. And we would ask you to subscribe, share, and uh, let everybody else know if this has been a benefit to you. This is Jay Holland for Let's Parent on Purpose saying thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.